As we continue through our sermon series on spiritual disciplines, this disciplined grace of how we apply ourselves to knowing God's grace and embracing it, I invite you this morning to open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy is early in the Bible, so if you start at the beginning, it'll be the books of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy is the fifth book. We'll be in Deuteronomy chapter 6, reading the first 12 verses of that chapter. And as today, last week we talked about prayer as a spiritual discipline, having that special conversation with God called prayer, sustaining our relationships through the conversation that we have of both speaking to God and spending time listening for God as well. Today we go to Scripture reading. was given to God's people in Deuteronomy chapter 6 many years ago. But before we read God's word together, let's pray for God's blessing upon the word. God, as we turn our heart, mind, soul, and strength over to what you would have us hear today, we pray that you make true the words that we have just sung. Speak, O Lord. Speak to us in all the ways that we need, where we need a little bit of a challenge, give that to us. Where we need encouragement and consolation, speak that into our hearts. May we remember that as we turn to your word, that these words matter. And may they matter to us in our lives, in our hearts, in how we go through this life, in how we live out our faith. May your word be our rule and your spirit our teacher. And God, as if we're in the sanctuary, as we hold these reasonably new Bibles, we give you thanks for these books, for that almost new book smell that we still can savor. But Lord, we pray that throughout the years, the Bibles that we have, whether in the pew at church or at home or on our phone, that they may be well used and that it may not be something outside of us that we look at, but that your word may be in our heart and in our minds and therefore displayed in our very lives. So speak to us today, O oh God. Speak to us your truth. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 12. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today 
are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then, when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's fitting to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6 as we talk about Scripture reading as a spiritual discipline, a disciplined measure of putting ourselves in touch with God's grace to do so on the same day as a baptism. Because throughout the Old Testament, especially the instructions that are given, there is a focus on this being intergenerational, passing down from one generation to the next. And, and already in verse 2, we get, so that you, Phil and Andrea, your children, Hallie and Reagan, and their children, no rush, after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, so that you may enjoy long life. This is an ideal picture. We know that life will not be without its challenges, not without its hardships, not without the curveballs that life throws in. And yet, it doesn't change this desire to keep this generation passing down one to the next. And as we think about those who are here with you today, there is a generation ahead of you that impressed these things on you. And of course, here in the core of our text in Deuteronomy 6, we hear one of the ways that Jesus summarized the law when he was put to the test of could he summarize hundreds of laws and rules and what's the most important? And the first spot Jesus turned to was Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. But then continuing on, Jesus also said, love your neighbor as yourself. But when Moses is giving these instructions to the people, he focuses on this being taught to others. Impress them on your children, says verse 7. Impress them on your children. Now, I do think the word impress, I mean, Phil and Andrea, there's going to be lots of things that you will impress your children with. Because when they're young, you are the greatest genius that they ever met. Mom and dad know everything. You will impress them time and time again. And then that kind of, I think, fades over time somewhat naturally. And eventually, mom and dad maybe aren't so impressive. Mom and dad don't know everything. In fact, there's plenty of things they don't know. And maybe, Phil and Andrew, your parents would uh, chart your own trajectory through that. But that's not really what we're worried about this morning. What we're interested in is that it's not about impressing people with what we know. But that this impress is to say, impress these promises of God, all that I have taught you, all of the instruction and care and wisdom that I'm trying to convey to you, that God is trying to give to us. Impress these things on your children so that 
when they're teenagers and you're just not that impressive anymore, what you have impressed upon them will last. What you have impressed upon their hearts will guide them. Because as you received a, a, child, a Jesus storybook Bible today, that that will be ingrained in them and impressed upon them. And that you will have time to share these things, to reflect on them as you go, as you travel. And I'm not saying that your car has to always have an audio Bible going. I think there's time to watch Star Wars on DVD in a portable DVD player. I'm not saying you always have to listen to hymns and songs and spiritual songs. I think there is a time for, you know, other music. Um, I have a Led Zeppelin record up here with me this morning, uh, just as an example. It's not mine, for what it's worth, but it's nice to borrow. But as we think about impress on your children, and as we think about ourselves, whether we're parents or not, the work that we do together as a church is that we are to impress these things on our hearts and on those who are around us, on the next generation. Now, this morning, as we think about that word impress, I have this record here with me for something of a purpose. And I would contrast the record, which I want to be careful with, I contrast a record with a CD. And some of you might be familiar, this is not an analogy that's original to me. But there's a difference, right? CDs, yes, they can hold a lot of information. But also, you can't tell by looking at it if it actually has anything on it or not. It's easy to record, it's easy to take with you, and that's all fine and good. However, if we look at a record, old school, we can see that the music of the record has been impressed upon it. It has been marked and changed and formed by the words and lyrics and music that are contained. It's been impressed upon this record, that, that this record has been changed by what has been impressed upon it, and that if you were to listen to it, I can't look at the grooves and know what notes are being played. And to be honest, I actually don't know what notes are being played even if I would listen to it. That's just not my ear. But it's been marked by something. The music has been impressed upon it. If we think about our hearts and as we attend to the spiritual discipline of reading scripture, of studying the Bible, I would hope that our end result would be more like a record where we are marked and changed, that these words have been impressed upon us, and that this record, it's meant for one album. It can't be so easily reprogrammed and swapped around to something else like a rewritable CD. I wonder if the CD, and I know that really at this point both of these are antiquated. I know that CDs are not exactly the most modern tech anymore either. But I wonder if one of the differences that we would think about with a CD or with an MP3, how fast we can reprogram them, how fast they can change, which you simply can't do with a record. I wonder if there's times where we can be programmed really quickly and then reprogrammed really quickly. For instance, what if we come to church and we hear a great sermon about not gossiping, and in that moment, we are programmed to say, that's right, we don't gossip, we don't talk about people in those ways, we speak truth, we listen for truth, we don't gossip. And in that moment, like a CD, we are quickly programmed, right, gossiping is bad, I got the point. 
And then we get together with some friends for lunch or Sunday afternoon, and it's like, oh, yeah, the programming of that whole not gossiping thing is so quickly forgotten because it's like, did you hear about Cynthia and her boys? Or uh, maybe it's just during coffee time, we heard a great sermon about not gossiping, but it's like, oh, hey, by the way, did you see, did you notice how quickly we can be reprogrammed? How we can hear good information and it can kind of be in one ear, out the other. That's not being impressed upon with God's word. Where we say, it's not just easy reprogramming, here today, gone tomorrow, but it's something that I'm marked by. It's something that's been imprinted on my heart and soul. It's something that has changed me and sticks with me. In many ways, that's the, that's the type of scripture reading that, that Deuteronomy is, is pointing us towards, is to say, have this so deeply a part of you that it can't leave you, that it can't be easily taken away or reprogrammed. Now, we can reprogram things quickly, and there will be phases, certainly, Phil and Andrea, as you raise your children, where they will be programmed to just love a certain thing, and they'll know all the information in the world about it. As it is said, the people who know the most about dinosaurs are paleontologists and four-year-olds. But soon thereafter, we forget, we move on, we program ourselves with something else. And as your children are young and as they explore, as they find their talents, as they explore the gifts that God has given them, as we all do the same throughout our entire lives at any age, we might say there's things that we want to program in that we give a try to. Maybe it's permanent, maybe it's not. There is a place for all of that. But if we approach scripture reading in that same way, it won't mark us, it won't change us, and it won't leave evidence. Now, I don't think, as I said, I can't tell what lyrics are imprinted, but I can see the grooves. But I know if I spent some time with this record, I would hear it well. I don't think you could walk down the street or even in church coffee time and be like, see that person over there? I bet their life verse is Philippians 121. That's not how this works. But there are the scriptures that are deeply impressed upon us because we read them as if they mattered. We read them as if they would change our life. We read them as if they were the most special things to us. We read them and heard them as if God was still speaking to us fresh today. So maybe we can't see on display what scriptures have marked and formed us. But the hope would be that they are there and that we are always having new things impressed upon us, new scriptures. Do we read them as if they matter? With this repetition that, that even Deuteronomy goes so far as to say, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And there were ways in the ancient Near East that, that people did just that. They did write scripture on their door frames as reminders. They did, in fact, have scripture on their gates. And what we can still do today is make sure that our households, whether we live by ourselves or with a large family or a small family or any combination thereof, that our houses are marked with the practices of scripture, that they've been impressed upon us. And it's not because we're out to impress anyone. But scripture reading is about asking God to impress his truth on us, to take his truth and plant it deeply within us. And so 
We can be cheap and simple about it. We could see if we can acquire some information here and there. But also, if we change too fast, if we don't have the time and space set aside where Scripture actually changes us, we're kind of like a reprogrammable CD. Here today, gone tomorrow. Now, the advantage, of course, new things can carry more information. And when in doubt, I'd always say, well, more Scripture could be better than none, or some would be better than none. But as you think about, okay, if I were to take on a practice, if you're already in a really healthy rhythm of attending to God's Word, if it's making an impression on you, great. But if you're thinking through, how do I do this? There's really no excuse for us in today's world of how many different plans and options there are. Certainly, reading through, the, reading through the Bible in a year is a common practice, and I also know that sometimes that ends in January or February, and then it's more panic to catch up to the plan than it is about actually attending to God's Word. If that's where you're at at this point in the year, I would caution you to slow down and not worry about if you make it from Genesis to Revelation. And just make sure that there's some reading happening all the time and that it's read as if it matters, not just to check the box of I got four and a half chapters in today. Read it as if it matters. The same way a friend of mine who I thought knew the Bible really, really well, and I was curious, what, what method do you read? How do you study the Scripture? How is this a discipline for you? And it was explained to me, well, I started by slowing down. And I would read one chapter a day, which in my mind at first doesn't sound like a lot. Is that enough scripture? But then I heard that one chapter a day turned into, well, if I only read it once a day, I wouldn't catch it all. It wouldn't get, it wouldn't get basically from head to heart. So it started with, I read one chapter three times a day. And so for a book like, well, some of the epistles with four or five chapters, some of Paul's letters, you could still do that in maybe a week but that it was read in repetition to be impressed upon both the mind and the heart. So I wonder, as you think about now or if there's something to take on in the season of Lent in a few weeks, I wonder if it would make sense to say, I'm going to pick a book and I'm going to read one chapter a day, but I want to read that chapter multiple times a day to let it sit with me. How does it strike me? How does it stand out to me? How does God speak from morning to midday to evening? And it won't be about the progress of quantity, but it will be about having the quality of the words impressed upon us. Those who know the Bible well didn't get there by downloading it quickly, but by having it impressed slowly and gently upon them. Might we do the same of having the scriptures impressed upon us? Because as Deuteronomy continues, as Moses continues to share these words with the people, there's all of the goodness, there's all of the focus on having this in our hearts and in our minds and shaping our lives and shaping our community and how we act with one another and how we care for one another. All of this comes to us from the Word. And there's risk. And the main thing that's reminded over and over and over again is do not forget. Don't forget don't be easily reprogrammed. And even in our text today, verse 12, be careful that you do not forget. Do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. 
don't forget what God has done for you. And as we read Scripture, as we pray, may it be a time where we do not forget God's promises, where we don't neglect to look back even through the last week or the last several years and to find that space to be grateful for what God has done for us. And then also out of that gratitude to say, God, you did all that. I've got one more favor, two more favors to ask. How can you help me now? So Phil and Andrea, with Hallie and with Reagan, may you impress God's word first on your own hearts, that it may be sincere and authentic that you impress these words on your children. And of course, this isn't just for the campuses. This is for all of us to have God's word impressed upon us so that we do not forget. And that when times of trial come, when hardship comes our way, when life throws everything it's got at us, what is impressed upon us will stick with us through it all. Amen. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks for all the information that we have that's available, that we can access your word in all kinds of ways, in print and in electronically. There is no shortage of availability. But we ask that you move within us that our hearts may have the availability, the time and space and discipline to attend to your word, to have it planted deeply within us, we pray that you give us hearts and minds that embrace your word in such a way that it marks us and changes us and forms us. That when hardship comes, when life is busy and frantic, we may return to that which you have spoken most clearly into our lives. Help us to be slow to forget, slow to be too quickly reprogrammed, tossed about one thing to the next but rather may this be impressed upon us that we may be changed, that we may love you, the Lord our God, with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength. And as this is impressed upon us, may it be impressed upon us also to love our neighbor as ourself. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.